It's the end of the world as we know it. I'm going to end your existence. And we feel fine. It feels so good to be back home. We're halfway through the journey. I'm ready to battle it out for Michelle's heart. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Tuesday, November 16th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Whoa! It's time for a Blossom reunion. Mayim Bialik will be back on screen with her co-stars from the beloved 90s sitcom in the season two premiere of her Fox comedy, Call Me Cat. The latter series stars Bialik as Cat, a 39-year-old single woman who owns a cat cafe in Louisville, Kentucky. In the January 9th Season 2 opener, Blossom stars Joey Lawrence, Jenna Vanoy, and Michael Stoyanov will appear as versions of themselves, making a stop in Louisville for a celebrity golf tournament and swinging by Cat's Cafe. You can check out a preview of that at EW.com. It looks like Mel Gibson is returning to the Lethal Weapon franchise and pulling double duty this time. The actor and filmmaker, who starred in the first four films in the Buddy Cop series alongside Danny Glover, is in talks to direct the long-gestating Lethal Weapon 5. Gibson would follow in the footsteps of Richard Donner, who helmed the previous installments and died in July. And Heath Freeman, the actor known for playing a calculating killer on the Fox procedural Bones, has died at 41. His manager confirmed the news to EW. The cause of death has not been disclosed. Freeman portrayed Howard Epps, the first serial killer to appear on Bones, during the show's first two seasons. His first acting credit was an episode of ER, and he also appeared on NCIS, The Closer, Without a Trace, and Raising the Bar. Freeman's final screen projects were the upcoming films Devil's Fruit and Terror on the Prairie. For more on all of those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Now, let's speed ahead to our top three picks today, starting with number three, The Flash. Season 8 of the CW series picks up six months after Team Flash stopped the Godspeed War as the powerful alien Despero arrives on Earth and unleashes near-annihilation on Central City. With time running out and the fate of humanity at stake, Barry, Iris, and the rest of the team are pushed to their limits in a desperate battle to save the world and must enlist the help of some old friends if the forces of good are to prevail. Here's a preview. I came a long way to find you, Flash. Now that I have, I'm going to end your existence. You have seven days. Everyone I love is gonna die. There's always hope. I need your help. I'm asking you to save the world. Hey, you been working out? Yeah, thank you for noticing. Where's the future? Right here. Let's go blow this fuse. Barry! I'm tracking at least 100 earthquakes. This could be the end of the world as we know it. No mind will shut its doors on me! He can see us. Run, Barry! Run! Checkmate. And tonight's premiere is just the beginning, kicking off a five-part event called Armageddon, which will see some other Arrowverse heroes stopping by, though showrunner Eric Wallace insists this isn't a crossover per se. Indeed, according to Wallace, the five episodes are very intimately focused on the characters, particularly the Flash's central couple of Barry and Iris. 
Here's the showrunner to explain a bit more. Well, I can't give away the spoilers, but there's a reason why Iris is on that poster. She is so integral to this story, especially when it gets to a big twist in the middle halfway. Um, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but Barry can't stop Armageddon without his rock and his lightning rod, Iris. The world will end if Iris doesn't step up, and she does, in the most emotional way possible. Again, there's some pretty meaty scenes going on here, and it's just a joy to watch Grant and Candace, still eight seasons in, giving their all, fully committed to the role and creating magic on screen. So yeah, there's a reason why um, Barry's having the worst day, and of course, how does that affect his marriage? That's, I think, the second biggest storyline in Armageddon is the personal Armageddon of marriage, right? The love between two people, regardless of your gender or your how you identify, between two entities who are in love. How do they survive the end of the world? Now that sounds like quite the roller coaster for fans. It all begins tonight at eight on the CW. It's trivia time. Tony Curran will play Despero on The Flash, but who voiced the classic DC villain in his first TV appearance on the Justice League animated series? James Earl Jones, Kevin Michael Richardson, or Keith David? Stick around for the answer. Number two. Now it's time to hit the road with our number two pick, The Bachelorette. For the first time in almost two years, the ABC series will leave the resort this week as Michelle and her men head to her hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota. There, one lucky guy will get to pull back the curtain on the places and things that made Michelle who she is today, while another will get to meet some of the people who did. The rest will attempt to score major points when they take on real Viking challenges to showcase their strength and bravery. Here is a clip from the episode. The day cards didn't meet me at the stadium, so I'm almost positive that it's probably going to be football related. So for Michelle, I expect to perform well. Are you ready to meet the Viking? Yeah, let's go. We're here for you, Lady Michelle! Out come these guys that look like they're from about 1080. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Whether you're fighting for love or fighting for honor, Vikings let out a cry. Let's go! Good job. I feel like today will be a very telling group date. Okay. Being a Viking is all about being brave, and sometimes being brave is trying new things. But you have to make small moments. That's what I'm going to be looking for today. Is it just me, or are these group dates getting stranger? Well, anyway, it is a week full of fun and games, but some men seem to have games of their own in mind, taking shots at each other in an attempt to narrow down the competition. So, will Michelle show the troublemakers the door, or will she find a new man on the Minnesota Vikings? Find out on The Bachelorette tonight at 8 on ABC. Stay tuned, folks. Our number one pick is coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, 
their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Any parents out there looking for family-friendly entertainment that won't drive you crazy, this What You're Watching segment is for you. Today's recommendation comes from our editor here at What to Watch, Joshua Heller, who helps put this show together every day. Josh, it is so great to have you on this side of the podcast with me. How's it going? It's going good, Jared. How are you doing? I am great. Uh, this is a show that I admittedly have not heard anything about. Maybe that's because I myself am uh, not a parent and not really tuning into <laughs> kids programming. But this is a show that I know you watch with your twins and enjoy. Tell everyone about Bluey. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the content that I do watch is kids stuff. And I have to say, I actually like this show uh, a lot. <laughs> Bluey is the story of a family of blue healers. Uh, that is a type of dog in Australia. It's the story of Bluey and her little sister, Bingo, and her father, Bandit, and her mother, Chili. Um, and they are uh, dogs who like to play with each other in their house. What we really like about the show is there's a lot of like imaginative play that doesn't leave the room that they're in. They're just like playing mm. in real life. And then that just feels like how play exists for, for my kids. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense because yeah, sometimes you're pretty confined to spaces. So yeah. for sure. Okay, so there of course is so much children's programming out there. What aside from those kind of circumstances of it being pretty contained, what makes this really stand out and something that you and your kids enjoy? I think that uh, for me, you know, it seems like everything is 3D now. I mean, everything from like uh, Mickey's Clubhouse to like Coco Melon, which uh, is kind of <laughs> horrifying sometimes to me. Um, and so what I like, it reminds me of cartoons when I was a kid, but it just does feel updated mm. in the sense that they're like 2D. Also feels like the the kids, my own children, like seem to identify with these guys. Um, and I guess the, the, the kids are actually on the show are voiced by real kids, which is pretty cool. Also, I think that the uh, parents are like relatable and I actually kind of have never wanted to hang out with a blue healer <laughs> anthropomorphic thing, but I, I would totally do that with the uh, the Bluey Squad. Mm -hmm. Also, it's cool because, you know, the episodes are pretty short. They're like eight minutes, which is awesome when bath time is coming because, like, ah, I don't yeah. have to wait 22 minutes for the next episode. Wait, mm -hmm. Oh, we could do another episode. So I like that. And then also, I think that the lessons that they teach on the show are, are really cool. There's a lot of about, like, interpersonal things with the kids. I mean, it's like a younger sister who feels like she's not getting her fair share and then she, you know, speaks up. Or maybe even like it shows the fallibility of parents. I think there's like an episode yeah. where Bluey's dad is a little bit like rough when they're playing and it's okay for Bluey, but for Bingo, um, she's littler and, and she gets hurt and she doesn't know how to say that it's too tough for her. But uh, eventually, yeah. okay. you know, the dad apologizes and then it goes on. So it's, it's cool things I don't think I've seen before in kids programming. Is there a, um, from the, I think there are like two seasons available, is there like a, a standout moment for you that, that kind of sold you on, ah, this, 
I love watching this show with my kids. There definitely is, yeah. So I, I think that what's cool about the show is there's like um, the standard, you know, having fun episodes. And then there's like, there was like this really like almost very poetic episode that occurred in the park at sunset. Um, and it's called Bike. Oh. And it's where um, Bluey's like riding her bike and she she's learning how to ride a bicycle and can't do it. And she keeps falling over. And she sits mm. with her dad and, you know, is kind of taking in her, like, you know, feeling like she had failed. But around her, she's noticing her peers also trying to, uh, you know, struggle with their own challenges. And so she sees, like, her cousin Muffin is trying to, like, climb some monkey bars and can't do it. But then <laughs> over the course of the episode, is able to do it. Uh, her sister Bingo is, like, having trouble getting some water and comes up with an innovative way to do that. And so as she's watching the other kids in her community learn how to do those things, she has the strength to like go up and do it and it's just really cool I mean uh, they really are good parents on that show mm -hmm. I also have to say that the same person Muffin who's their cousin so you know as the show grows you kind of see more of their community there's an episode where Muffin skips her nap for the first time oh. and so is totally wired and totally crazy and um, <laughs> and I and it's actually like you know my kids are like two and a half but um, they're starting to like be able to like relate to things beyond themselves and so my son was like uh, on days when he's running around and screaming, he's like, "I'm Muffin," which I don't know if that, <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, that's great, but at least there's someone on the screen uh, they can relate to. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I guess the million dollar question is: uh, After watching the show, do your kids want their own dog? <laughs> oh yeah, um, not yet, which is lucky. They do <laughs> want their own Bluey plush dolls, which are difficult to come by oh, right okay. now. We went to like a Bluey birthday party last week, and I, I saw some people dressed as Bluey on Halloween. So I think that the uh, the Bluey craze is entering the United States. Yeah, it's taking over. Love to see that. <laughs> well, uh, if anyone listening wants to check out Bluey, if they have some, uh, you know, if you have some kids and you want to find something new, Bluey, uh, as Josh mentioned, it's an Australian show, but it is available on Disney Plus. There are two seasons there, more to come. It's got to air down under first, and then we'll get more of that. So be sure to check that out. Josh, it's been great having you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jared. Uh, I'll see you on the, uh... on the other side. <laughs> I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Take care. And now we're welcoming you to Rivervale. Yeah, you heard me right. For our number one pick, Riverdale. It's a new day and a new town as the CW series kicks off season six with a five-part event picking up in the aftermath of a literally explosive finale. In Rivervale, everything is as it should be. Veronica and Reggie are the town's new power couple, while Jughead and Tabitha move in together. But with Cheryl demanding a return to the old ways, this serenity will probably not last. Might this have something to do with the curse Cheryl placed on the town in last season's finale? Also, how could Archie and Betty possibly have survived that explosion? It won't clear up very much, but here's a preview. Kev found something in the woods. This is Cheryl. It's gotta be. We must return to the old ways. That's just how things roll in Rivervale. There's something in there. He claimed to be the devil. That guy is the devil. There's nothing more that I want than to have your baby. 
spirits reveal thyself. Don't hurt her! Look at what the black cat dragged in. Uh, that right there would be Kieran and Shipka's Sabrina Spellman, who will arrive in town to help Cheryl out in the season's fourth episode. In the meantime, tune in to a sure-to-be-bonkers Riverdale season premiere tonight at 9 on The CW. Trivia. And lastly today, the answer to our trivia question. Who voiced classic DC villain Despero in his first TV appearance on the Justice League animated series? James Earl Jones, Kevin Michael Richardson, or Keith David? Here's the thing. The answer is Keith David. The Emmy-winning actor voiced Despero on the 2003 episode Hearts and Minds, while Richardson would later voice the character on Batman the Brave and the Bold. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall.